Gray Simon, uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Steve, thanks for thanks for having me. Um, a beautiful sunny afternoon in Sydney. Obviously, still uh, home home office bound uh, with COVID nineteen, but um, you know, sort of in full swing in Sydney. But putting that aside, you know, a beautiful day. Great, great, and um, you know, to to give a little background on um, you know, to listeners, you and I have been cooking up ideas around uh, task, the task platform and, and ways to engage with people in different ways. But of course, with an emphasis on recruitment, which is an area that you have a lot of expertise in. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely, Steve. It's been great to uh, get to know Matt and yourself on the journey with task. And, and, and I think, um, you know, it's an extremely well-timed platform for, for lots of reasons, which we can spend a bit of time on uh this afternoon the other thing that hasn't been announced yet but will be by the time we push this podcast out is that you're you've joined us as a advisor um to the business which is we're we're extremely honored and very very chuffed about can you uh give us a bit of background on your history and recruitment yeah no absolutely steve so look i'm i'm a 25 year veteran in um the recruitment the recruitment space um the first 20 years were with one of the largest uh, listed groups globally um they they were an amazing business for me took me took me around the world um ultimately gave me the opportunity to um be part of the senior leadership team in australia and new zealand um and uh that gave me an incredible helicopter view on all things talent um, particularly in the Australian and New Zealand market. And then I, um, I jumped out of turn 40 and thought if I had a beer with you in 10 years, I'd, I'd want to tell you that I'd had a crack at starting my own business. So, so did the startup thing, uh, which was a pretty aggressive one looking back on it, um, a business called Future You, uh, which um, you know, is still operating five years later, which is great. Um, and what was interesting about that journey, Steve, is we um, broadened out our offering to both clients and candidates and 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 not only did search and executive recruitment but started started um executing uh management consulting activity in the people strategy arena so started having a much broader conversation around people people strategy and what was driving um people outcomes and you know that's really led to where I am today, which is an absolute fascination on all things intangible capital related in organizations and how CEOs and boards get the best out of the people part of their intangible capital framework um, to create sustained advantage. Um, so just about to kick off a new venture and a new day job, um, very exciting three-way uh, integration of um, three great companies, uh, which does have a technology platform heart to it, um, but uh, yeah, watch this space more. More on that. More on that one uh, in the next couple of months. Can you release the name? Uh, yes, I can. It's called Compono. C O M P O N O. Compono.com. That's it. Yeah, great. Well, on that, as we we you know we've spoken about the the work that you're doing, I think a key area that really binds us in our beliefs is is around purpose and value with business and, and of course with task that that's so much about what we aim to do in terms of the, the engagement of teams, um, typically hitting social and environmental impacts and the missions 
and how that binds into the the brand and the brand reputation and how you attract people um, to a brand because of its reputation and and uh, what it re- represents in in the market. What are, what are the sort of what what are your beliefs in that? How do you see this evolving? And and um, would you when you hear the words such as triple bottom line thinking, how seriously do you think the world should be taking that now? And and do you think it's moving beyond a nice to have? as far as the marketing department looks at it? Yeah, it's a really good question, Steve. I mean, it's, it's, it's the thing that I am the most passionate about when I wake up in the morning is, is um, approaching uh, work and life in a purposeful, a purposeful way. And it's um, something that really underpinned um, the most recent startup journey that I've, that I've been on. And um, I've really started to see that reflected in the marketplace at a CEO level um, over the past two to three years as, you know, the, the, the more innovative chief executive officers realise that if they get that um, purpose and values framework humming in their business, you know, it can make a massive difference in terms of people's strategy outcomes. So think about people's strategy in terms of acquisition of talent, development of talent, but also retention of talent. Um, you know, there's organizations out there that have really moved, moved beyond thinking about that concept as a branding exercise. And of course, are, are being clever in terms of how they think about it from a brand and a marketing point of view, but have really got that interlinked with the people, people related outcomes, because there's no point, there's no point saying you have a focus on purpose and values unless you can actually drive practical outcomes day in, day out. And that's, and that's where the world is in 2020. It's looking for um, ways to, to actually bring to life a purpose and values framework in, in, in a practical way that people can relate to. Um, and that's, that's something that I'm seeing or certainly saw pre-COVID-19. Um, I actually think you can't see it yet, but I think COVID-19 is going to accelerate that, that emphasis and focus. And, um, you know, certainly post COVID-19, I think you'll see, you'll, you'll see that, that theme continue. Um, and, and you would be, you'd be seeing similar things when you mate. you know, just in terms of some of the early, early stage work that you've done on the task platform and some of the conversations and, and insights that you've gained so far. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very interesting when you talk to leaders in recruitment, um, I mean, there's a few people that we spoke to who are, you know, the initial conversation had nothing really to do with the idea of engaging with employees. And then as you, you, you delve into what it means, you see their, their eyes opening and going, right, you know, I get it. And I get it's something that we should be addressing as an organization. So, you know, we've had quite a few conversations which have gone in on a fairly dry, um, root in terms of what the problem the business has and then the conversation has evolved where there's there's clear clarity that the way that you're going to um, look after your employees is is actually by getting your business to leave a much more positive mark on the world um, as you travel through and that that's really exciting because you i do think there's a a genuine opportunity to increase financial bottom line performance and uh, but having businesses which are far healthier when it comes to uh, people and planet um, so yeah it's it's 
it's interesting talking to business leaders who are typically financially focused and, and trying to lead them through the process of seeing that there's a lot more opportunity there. And it then it forms the soul food of the business and it, and it, it all links in with everything that we talk about in recruitment. I mean, how are you going to attract the best candidates? How are you going to retain your staff? And it yeah. connects back to bringing in the purpose and values to your business and you, you can't fake it. It has to be genuine. Yeah. I think, I think one, thing, one thing, Steve, you'd probably agree on with me, mate. Tell, tell me if you've got a different point of view, is that the purpose and values approach doesn't mean that the fundamentals of running a business go out the door. So you still need to think, you think about things like cash and um, P&Ls and, um, you know, sort of fiscal responsibility. It all goes hand in hand, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, there's a there's a phrase that I really like, which is you know, giving everyone the owner's eye. If you, you know, the best way you can run a business is is to have every employee looking um, looking at the business through the owner's eye. Get you know, thinking about how can we be more efficient. What you know, how what are the ways in which we're doing things? How are we looking to grow our top line? How do we all get behind that? And that can form part of a program which at the same time looks to address the social and sustainability missions of, of the, the business as well. And when we're looking at program design for customers and tasks, then you amalgamate these different objectives. And you know, by no means, it's not, it's not fluff to be bringing in social sustainability uh, missions to an organization. It, it's part of the, the overall package. And you have to bring in the, the financial thinking. But really, an engagement program for a team should be connecting these, these various elements and bringing them together. And, and that's part of having a valuable brand. You know, if you have people that are really thinking about all aspects of the, the business, that's the way you gel a team together. And gelling a team together by no means is saying, let's not think about what we're doing from a financial point of view. Yeah. And look, I think that goes hand in hand with, um, you know, what a lot of good recruiters would be seeing and, and in terms of their, their insight from both candidates and clients is that the, 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 the days of, of a candidate accepting a role purely based on salary, um, you know, have, have disappeared and, and people are looking for a more balanced and rounded um, opportunity, you know, which takes into account some of those things that you've just you've just outlined, and I think, you know, COVID nineteen, of course, is is causing economic turbulence and and job related turbulence in the market, but um, pe- people are still looking for that, you know, they that they, they want that holistic connection with an organisation and and practical tools and practical ways that they can show their alignment from a purpose and a values point of view are really important to them. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the other, the, the other thing um, that we will have with the, the, the new em, employment situation or i.e. lack of um, will be that you'll, you'll see um, more contractors being placed <laughs> and, and you and I have discussed the opportunity of using task in the, 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 within contract workforces because contractors are often getting a, a, a poor deal. And, but they, they've got a choice of different agencies they can be going to be placed. And there's a value for agencies to be, looking, be, to be 
clearly looking after their contractors' health and well-being better than their competitors so that they get the best candidates, they can make the placements. So I, I think that even though we're going to be seeing a world where, you know, you, if you want to attract candidates, the quantity aspect is not going to be an issue. But the quality aspect is, is always going to be an issue. And by having a brand that does the right thing in terms of looking after people, you're also going to then be a brand which financially um, pushes ahead of your competition. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, um, I think something, uh, it's a really good reminder, I think, the chat that we're having, you know, that, that yeah, there are some short-term challenges afoot, but don't lose sight of some of that um, framework, which, which is on trend and, you know, is, is, is going to come back pretty quickly. Uh, one question for you. So you're, you're talking about, when you're talking about brands and, and how they, they engage um, or, or, or perhaps your know, brand reputation. Have you got any brands that you particularly love, which you know, represent the thinking that you have here? Yeah, I mean, look, the um, I was I was very very fortunate recently to meet the global HR director for Patagonia Group. So Patagonia, as in the outdoor clothing brand, um, which you know I think has absolute rock star status in terms of what we're what we're talking about today yeah they do um and you know i think it it represents from a global perspective you know something um for for lots of people to strive for and i think you know what's often forgotten about that story is that it's a it's a significant one in the making in terms of the time frame involved um so so purpose, a purpose and values that approach is definitely a patient pathway for a chief executive and probably the, the key lessons for me out of the Patagonia story is, um, Matt, you know, Matt control, controlling or maintaining um, ownership over the company has really allowed that, that story to, you know, continue to fulfil its mm. fullest potential. Um, but I think equally, if, if you're not in that position, but you're a chief executive or a senior leader, um, it's about how you influence and signpost to those that you need to uh, influence and communicate with about your business strategy around why you're doing it and what the time period is that you need to be able to really bring it to life um, to demonstrate you know, a strong return on investment in the intangible capital sphere. So that's sometimes where I see purpose and values going wrong is, is the organizations that, that can't manage that. And, um, you know, that, 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 that can be quite painful if you can't, if you can't, uh, create the time and the window to, to really bring that, that type of framework to life. Yeah. I, I mean, do you, would you agree that part of that is you, you could argue it's a, I don't want to blame Silicon Valley. That would be the wrong thing to do. But certainly, ever since the dot-com boom era, the idea of, um, you know, let's go to market, let's build up a business, let's not make any profit, let's get loads of funding in. And the, the mission is simply to build, 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 and then we're going we're gonna to flog it in four or five years' time. And that, that, that is the business. If, you've got a, if, you're, if you're thinking about purpose and value, I think it's quite difficult to align purpose and value with that business model. That's not to say that you can't have an aggressive startup which has purpose and value and and the you know you have top line growth and you 
you don't really care about the bottom line or or there's not even top line growth you're just looking to to uh, grab as much of a, a market as you can but it does feel that those those that that kind of methodology of, of growing a business I can't see it being quite so uh, prolific in this post-COVID world I could be wrong what do you think I think you raise a really good point. I, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I think what we all experienced in the past 12 to 18 months is is a very, very frothy market. And, you know, there was a lot of commentary 12 to 18 months ago that it won't, it wouldn't last. And, you know, it had been pretty much a decade since the last correction uh, from an economic perspective. And, you know, f- f- regardless of how, how that's occurred, you know, the reality is it has occurred. And so... I think you're right, Steve. I think I think those those um, types of organisations that you've just described. I mean, they um, they they're not quite resigned to history yet. But I think I think we're going to look back on that period and go, oh, do you remember 2018? You know, do do you remember that um, period of uh, tech startups that uh, just raised capital on on vapor revenue and and um you know built out really quickly and then and then flipped i think i think we will look back on that as as you know another moment in time which got a bit got a bit out of control and you know what it does mean though is that those that do have um a technology idea and 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 something that is truly innovative and um, well thought out, you know, uh, probably have a clearer pathway now, you know, to, to, to bring an idea to life, but to do it in a, a time frame that allows for purpose and values to be front and center in terms of the organization and how it builds it out. And I, I would say, Steve, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but, but, you know, I walk into lots of different types of organizations across different sectors and you can pick up on the vibe, you know, you can, you can pick those that are um, moving too fast and, you know, cutting too many corners in terms of that purpose and phase that approach. What, what, what would you say? I mean, you, you, you cover a fair bit of ground internationally um, when you can, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, what would your observations be? It's, um, I suppose the baking in a purpose and, and, and value is enforcing a, a level of balance in the organization. I mean, it, you start to, you can start delving into some fairly, um, well, it's, it's not really business. It's, it's general philosophy and principles that you have in terms of how you live your life, which of course then has to encapsulate how you work. Um, there, you know, we, we know that when people just look to build and exit their businesses, they, they normally end up very unhappy after the process. They're, they're left without a sense of purpose. Um, yet we've got a culture which looks to really encourage that. Uh, I mean, I, I like people, uh, the, um, the base camp crew, um, what are they, 37 Signals, or used to be known as 37 Signals, where you know, oh, their, yeah. their, their um, approach is never go for VCs, always bootstrap, always main control, because by maintaining control, you define culture. And by yeah. defining the culture, you create the business, the fantasy business that you want to work in. And you know, if, you, if you, you sell a business, you've got a load of cash in a pot. For a lot of people, that, you know, that can work well, but there's a, there's a significant amount of people where 
they're really left in a in a position of um, um, of uh, of depression and and not knowing what to do next. Which, I, I, on the other hand, I, just to kind of contradict myself, I always find that a bit extraordinary because, from a personal point of view, um, if if that happened to me, I, I think I've got about five thousand different ideas <laughs> that I get going. So I don't think hey, I'd. I'd, I'd <laughs> My, my 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 sort of counter to your your perspective is I, I I I'm an absolute admirer of the businesses that find that middle road between the bootstrap approach and and then raising the capital. But I but I'd say raising I put a word in front of capital raising strategic capital. Yeah. Know, so so being savvy enough to pick the right group of investors, um, which buy into the headspace and the longer term journey that an organization needs to go on to be purpose and values led. And, and from an investor perspective, you know, historically can demonstrate that they have been patient and they have supported and produced outcomes, um, you know, like the two that we've, we've given today. Um, so I think, I think those sorts of investors are out there and, you know, we talk about the world changing post COVID-19. I think one thing that might change is, the mood within the investment community and the awakening for some investors in terms of, Hey, I want to do things. I want to be involved in ventures that have social outcomes, you know, that are responsible, that do try to move the dial on this sort of stuff, you know, as opposed to I'm investing in that because I'm going to get five times my money. I mean, of course that's what everyone's investing um, in for, but like a candidate looking for a new opportunity, I do wonder whether the investment community is starting to broaden its horizon. Yeah, I, I, I found I found this with building out Task to be a curious. Uh, I don't know if you'd call it a dichotomy, but certainly a, a, a been a, a confusing experience because you know, we you know, the the kind of our stake in the ground as far as Task is concerned when we we've been out. Um, Building up investment, I and mean, we brought investment into task. But we, you know, funnily enough, we we have uh, brought in enough to keep developing the business. We haven't brought in so much that we could um, overspend and make mistakes. And we we've been hybriding in that, you know, some investment, some bootstrapping. And it, and it's if I reflect, that's been you know, very very healthy for us because it's forced us to focus and and be lean and i think that that's good practice but the the piece that i find slightly confusing is as we've gone to market um you know, we we present what we we believe is a a compelling investment proposition of course every every startup that goes out to market believes that but you know we obviously genuinely believe that and you find yourself where the traditional VCs or investors will look at you and say, ah, you're, you're involved in positive impact. Therefore, you know, we're just looking after a straightforward financial investment. The fact that you even are talking about purpose and value for us, that's a bit of a turnoff because, you know, we're, we're just looking for a, uh, you know, a, a straightforward financial investment. So that you, you get that on that, on, on that side where you go to your traditional financial investors. If you go to the impact investors, then often the impact investors don't want to invest in something that's about the financial returns. It's, it's, it can often be a, a motive investment or they're looking to just give 
funds through to a nonprofit or a charity, which for me I find very bizarre because the beauty of a commercial business, a, a financially um, a profit-making business that also addresses purpose and value, is that you invest it and it, it self-propagates as an as a organization, which means that your desire to create impact um, has far greater longevity possibly than if you're you're putting it through to a to a charity which once your funds are spent often you know it's done it's gone so you know i'm not i'm not saying it's big some big generalizations there but when when we've gone to market we've talked to people we do find that we we kind of sit in between these two different um ways of thinking and for me i would challenge that because i think i think that the the new business model should be combining um you know financial uh, you know, sensible financial investments that that bring in, um, uh, you know, that align with profit and the values behind the business. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd I'd concur with you there, and I do, I do wonder. You know, I think I think you will find more middle ground investors appearing. You know, over the next uh, the next twelve to eighteen months. Um, yeah, but I, I also think I think things I think um, startups that do have an impact on some of the areas that we're talking about i think it will potentially steve the opportunity in, in through COVID 19 is it for it to become more mainstream mm. um and you know you and i've spent some time talking in the past about the the five-year arc you know if you look back to say 2015 16 in terms of the emergence of ways to impact um areas like corporate social responsibility you know it's sort of it's been talked about for a while, but I think I think it's starting to become a lot more practical and and uh, more mainstream for leaders to 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 put in place things that help achieve outcomes. Yeah, and I, and I think a desire to remove greenwashing organisations and to identify the businesses that truly are um, providing positive impact. You, you, this is going to be a a, a huge growth area. I mean, it, it has to be because if you don't achieve that, then the the end result is the the world gets worse, not better. So you, you've always got this general litmus test, which is if you know, if our overall um, you know pollution keeps getting worse, then something's you know something's not working. And if if you can if you can change the commercial drivers so that businesses need to address um, aspects such as pollution and and if they don't consumers will make different decisions which damage them from a business point of view damage their financials then yeah. you know this is the you, you need genuine genuine um, operations that create the right results so you, you can't flim flam it you can't fake it and I think in the last decade or so we've seen a lot of faking it in in the coming decade will be hopefully a change to uh, genuine impacts that um, that you know touches people in a in a in in a real way yeah the real the real deal yeah yeah absolutely. i agree i agree well listen i i think it's time to close out this podcast and um it's been brilliant to talk to you um where can where can people find out more about you look um LinkedIn's probably the the, the easiest way you know re reach out uh always happy to connect with those that um, I already know um, for a catch-up or, or genuinely, you know, anybody that um, I haven't crossed paths with in the past, you know, I'd love to, love to connect with, um, you know, those folk as well. And um, 
the new venture Campano.com, you know, watch, watch this space, um, you know, more there, but, um, you know, coming back to the beginning, Steve, really excited to join the task journey, um, and contribute as an advisory board, board member, believe in the platform and, um, you know, what it's out there to, to impact and, um, you know, exciting times ahead. Yeah, very much so. And, uh, we, we greatly appreciate you coming on board and, and thanks for your time on the podcast today. You're welcome. Talk again. Yes. This is a podcast from Task. Task helps you create and measure impact. For more information, please visit task.io.